0: Hey, mm. you all right there? Oh, we had quite a night last night. We did, we did. We hosted our second Ergo Live. And, uh, it was fun. I'm a little sleepy. All right, I can't keep up the charade any longer. <laughs> you are a liar, sir. We're recording this in advance. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great, uh, great podcast to listen to. We had a great time, I imagine.
1: Yes, but, but we know for sure. Mm -hmm. And we have a great time. And what you're about to listen to is a quality conversation with filmmaker, director, Sam Bailey.
0: Sam is the co-creator and director of Brown Girls, the web series You're So Talented. She's been directing all kinds of things in L.A. since she moved out there. We talk about the role of the director. We talk about her growth, about the aftermath of Brown Girls and what's happened since then, about how do you bring your creative community with you and the different things that that can mean. And then how do you step into a dehumanizing place or a, what's the term you use? Anti-communal. An anti-communal industry, an anti-communal place and bring a communal attitude and and communal approach to those places. So it's a really great conversation. We really appreciate her coming in and chopping it up. But first a couple community announcements. One, you can get your Ergo tees online at ergoradio.com slash store you should also, please, we never ask for this. We never ask you for nothing. Anything. Write us a review. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps people find the show. It gives us all the warm feels that we need to keep this project going. And affirm me.
1: I'd love some validation. Go ahead and do that. Affirm me. I affirm you. Thank you.
0: But that's not enough. We need it from <laughs> y'all. So leave us a review uh, and give us a rating. You got anything you want to throw in there, Dame? Nah. <laughs> All right. Thanks Sam. Let's get to this conversation with the one, the only Sam Bailey.
1: Yeah.
0: I was listening to a live podcast and like three quarters of the way through the host's phone rings in his pocket. And I, it wasn't like a song song that I recognized, but it was like, this isn't a simple ring. This is like a melodic yeah. ringtone. And that's very embarrassing. Yeah, Whose who's show was it? It was, that makes it even funnier. It was Alec Baldwin's podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine him getting his lie hit at any time. Who, who's, who's calling, calling? <laughs> Alec Baldwin? <laughs> you run into Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, no, he's see out. see Alec Baldwin. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't call. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, I just have a question. for you. <laughs> <laughs> We still off at Thursday?
1: No.
2: Did he take the call?
0: No, I wish he yeah, had. He should that. have taken
2: the call, which uh, actually
0: would be like in character with yeah, how yeah. he is in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, who was he interviewing? He was interviewing like like a, some Secretary of State or something, like a very uh-huh. like actual a dig- important a person, dignitary. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like and it was like in front of like two thousand people. No, uh huh. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. great.
2: That's a Ricky move.
0: I have a, <laughs> a baseline rookie. <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> yeah. I have such an interesting appreciation for him because he's obviously an asshole. Everyone agrees he's an asshole. Right. He agrees he's an asshole. Right. He has done nothing to change. Yeah. And, and yet. yet I find him interesting. He's not dumb. Yeah.
1: You know what's unique about him? And maybe I'm just uninformed. He has like one of the most defined asshole personas without me knowing any of the asshole acts mm-hmm right? Yeah, it's you not just like saying, there's oh, like that scandal an or like, or he he
2: might have scandalized yeah.
1: or beat somebody or done like some really extreme. I
2: actually things. don't know which. I'm having two Baldwin's in my head right oh, now. And I don't know well, which one like is Alec. A,
0: there's a there's a series of Baldwin's. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Alec is the Baldwin. He's it's the, the, the one. one on like 30 right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like
0: way deep. There probably was some 80s shit that I just don't mm-hmm. know. But the one in recent memory, he like screamed, like got in a fist fight with oh, someone yeah. over a parking spot in New York, <laughs> yeah. which is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're just a New Yorker at that point. Exactly. He, he got thrown off a flight because he refused to stop playing words with friends and put his phone and turn his phone on. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm in the middle of a route. Hold on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is little, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, is he? Is it? Is it? He was an asshole, and he's continued that, or like the fame thing? He's like kind of filling himself.
2: Well, he's been famous forever, right? Or like, yeah, I, fa- I
1: don't know where the Baldwin's came from. <laughs> so no, he we just kind of inher-
3: <laughs> inherited
1: them as a generation. <laughs> <laughs> we, I was not introduced to the Baldwin's. The Baldwin's yeah, are. Yeah, already- we're introduced to
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was already a thing like when we first started yeah.
1: being alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're Googling this.
0: <laughs> the eldest of the four Baldwin brothers. He's
1: the eldest. Ah. ah I think are
0: of the there
2: youngest Baldwin, one alive. Are there Baldwin mm. parents? Let's see. Oh, oh, yeah. Or are they the first generation of famous <laughs> Baldwins? They, yeah.
1: Just, or did they just self-produce? Yeah.
2: <laughs> they made each yeah. other. <laughs> I can't From my that, rib came to my
0: rib. I can't believe that Alec Baldwin is getting this much credit yeah, on her time. Yeah. On her. I know. So
2: I he, don't want anyone to think that I, like, stand for Alec.
0: <laughs> we, we all know you you're can, an Alec. We Alex's can also thing. cut this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if this goes too far.
2: But
0: so nah, he been, grew up on Long Island. His has oh, yeah. three younger brothers, Daniel, William, and Stephen, who all are, all are actors, and two sisters who are not. Oh. Patriarchy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. His parents are Carol Newcomb and Alexander Baldwin Jr.
3: Uh-oh.
0: He was on a soap opera first. That was like his first thing. And then TV, and then movies. He was on Friends. Mm.
1: Really? Uh, so soap operas. Yeah,
0: that was his entrance. But he was he was in Beetlejuice and
1: Working Girl, and then he was the
0: lead in The Hunt for Red
1: October.
2: Oh, Beetlejuice!
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Who else has made the spring from the soap opera world? That feels like a really insolent. Michael B. Jordan. Really Seriously.
2: He, wasn't he on like um? I, not wasn't I know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before. Don't, don't question this is before, me. <laughs> b- before Hardball, pre pre Hardball, yeah. you know? uh, around Hardball, I think it's okay. pre The Wire.
1: Wow, mm. I
2: feel like he's in Nick Cannon's <laughs> echelon. Mm. Whatever, I'm not gonna go down on Michael. Or I mean,
1: maybe we are. That's let's not talk about you. <laughs> no. But I'll document it. I'm not a fan of Michael B. Jordan anymore. There's something anymore. About, there's something about what did him. What do he do? It's similar to my Alec Baldwin position. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not like specific. I mean, he does seem like super like on the white woman tip in a in a in a particular type of way mm-hmm. that speaks to other patterns uh-huh. that, that, like, I recognize. But I just think he's just a hot boy. I just think he's kind of just, like, a fuck boy. The more and more I hear him speak, yeah, the more and more I see him show up, I feel like he's really feeling himself. I feel like the last three to four years of becoming this, like, black heart job yeah. is, like, exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And he seems kind of... Sh- and he's, like, kind of a one-note actor. Is that <laughs> I agree with. <laughs> what are you, you're welcome
2: to disagree. I think that, like... Uh, and he's very attractive, and I think that's hard for me to. <laughs> <have> a, <laughs> You're like point counterpoint, like, point, and also he is in- incredibly fine. <laughs> um, and yet, all those th- both of those things can exist at the same time. Yeah, right? you can be very attractive and and also like really good in certain movies, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and not good and great in other movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's okay because I actually don't think that actors can do everything and should do everything, right? Whether or not he exclusively fucks white women. Or is he beds white women? I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. What's but you, I'm used to it. Say... He's not the only <laughs> right. black man that does that. Did you say beds white women? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent phrasing, though. <laughs> I like the term
1: very, there. Very tight <laughs> <Lannister> with of You,
2: <laughs> you will bet
3: her and you <laughs> uh, will...
0: Anyway, All right. This All right. is, right. Addict, this is spiral out of control. <laughs> Folks, Sam um, Bailey is in the building.
3: Bruh, 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 bruh. Oh.
2: <laughs> 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 Thank you. I'm extra yes. excited to be here.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm glad. Actually, that's fantastic. Yeah. That means a lot. Let's start where we always start. You yeah. kick it. In this time, in this moment, in this season, how's the world treating you, and how are you treating the world?
2: There are two things happening in the world. One is that I feel like personally, my life is actually in a really like uh, like selfishly and personally, my life is in a really good place. Um, holistically, in the universe. The fact that I can say that feels weird Mm -hmm. with what's going on with every with everything. Like, uh, I mean, I was just doing the Paper Machete show um, a couple days ago, and everything was about the earthquakes and the rapists and the wars and all that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it feels a little overwhelming. So in that way, I'm like very trying to be more in tuned with the world outside of what my like job is and my lovely friends and stuff. And that way, I'm like completely held down, and I feel really good. But, like, Hollywood's in a different world than the rest of the world. So, like, it's just a weird world to be in. Yeah. (laughs) To come from Chicago, like, two years ago. And then to be in this place that, like, might as well be a foreign island. Mm -hmm. uh, Hmm. In terms of, it's like an embarrassment of riches over there. It's kind of insane. Hmm. Which is, like, icky. But I'm doing okay, so. So
0: there's, like, the material riches. But what are the other kinds of riches that it feels like there's an embarrassment of there? Beyond just money and...
2: Yeah, like, ego and, like... uh, But yet also the ability to be a full-time working artists technically like that's um always been the goal but then you got to see you pull the curtain back and you're like oh okay this is part of it and Mm -hmm. then how do i want to like navigate those waters has been like a learning experience yeah but where i'm at now and compared to where i was like this time last year oh i feel like so much Hmm. better in terms of just being able to have a handle on it Mm
0: -hmm. you set up my, my favorite kind of question which is the like the moment-to-moment growth question. So, what what changed in that year? Is it an external thing, or is it just the the tools that you have to handle it? What what's evolved? I think it's the tools
2: and just like now knowing a little bit more of what to expect. Whereas when I came out here and like when we sold Brown Girls, it was in 2016, and every single thing was a new experience.
3: Yeah,
2: and, and also I was like, every single person was like wild as hell. I like, oh, you guys like don't talk to real people. Um, <laughs> And that was, like, really insane. And and before, I I think, you know, myself and Fatima Oscar, who did, um, who wrote Brown Girls, we kind of had everything, like, this has to work or we're never going to work ever again in our lives. And then we realized, oh, yeah, that's that's bullshit. Like, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not an issue. Like, I can continue making uh, work. And the cool thing is that they don't know how to. So that's why. (laughs) So you'll always have the upper hand in that way. And then Mm -hmm. once I realized that, which was recently, like, in the last couple months, seriously, I was like, oh, I can, like, live a life and not stress out about them as much
0: that's such an important realization i hadn't quite thought of it it's like if they could do it themselves they would right but they literally just don't know how and don't they have, have no the skills idea. and i'm never going to be able to figure it out
2: at all and don't want to yeah and don't want to <laughs> don't care. i mean there is not like you can't go to school to be an executive or a head of a studio yeah what is that like so these are just people we're trusting their taste
0: what? right
1: <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you use the, the
2: metaphor. Who fail most of the time. Yeah. That's who fail thing. most yeah, of the time yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, And and it and doesn't our, matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they keep they fell upwards yeah, all right. the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: You use the language of like pulling back the curtain and seeing some of the ugliness. Like mm-hmm. describe the face of the ugliness a little bit. Like what, what when you when you got that glimpse and like, oh, I'm on another side of a curtain, what was some of the like
2: just the marks. sheer like amount of white men that I straight white men that I have to deal with. Um, like that was just not in my life before hmm. was really lucky to curate a very like mixed group of friends and different mm-hmm. experiences um and and mostly like poc mostly career poc and then in hollywood the majority of my conversations end up being with like straight white men, and i almost feel like oh i have to like relearn how to talk to these guys and like deal with people who um are like emotionally immature um <laughs> and and not professional quote unquote Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think the misogyny in hollywood i was not expecting to be as clear and like rampant Mm -hmm. and also just like learning how to talk to people who are commerce based like they are trying to get money right and so you kind of can't go with their feelings like they don't give a shit about your feelings but i've also gotten to a place where like uh i'm I'm learning your language but also for us to continue to work you're gonna have to speak mine Mm -hmm. um and that has been helpful
0: And that kind of demand, it seems like that goes to some of that realization that you hold more power than maybe they're saying you do, you know, Mm -hmm, of like, mm -hmm. if you want to participate with what I have to offer, you're going to have to also meet me in certain, even if it's not halfway because you don't have that much leverage, like part of the way. Yeah. Like make a good faith effort. Yeah. (laughs) Here and don't just expect me to fall in. Yeah.
2: And I think that's like recently I had to start learning how to be like, oh, I'm just going to tell them how I work. (laughs) <laughs> and if you're going to meet me that way, then you meet me that like even working in like music videos, having to deal with the record labels all the time. They are very much about like them being on their schedule. Um, and I just recently been like, yeah, I don't do blind decks. Like you have to give me more information than that I'm not turning anything over in 24 hours. And I like send that an email and they're like, okay.
3: And I was like, oh shit. Is this, is this yeah.
2: like what it means to like have power? Yeah. I was like, I'll do that. And then and it's made my life so much easier instead of trying to like bend over to work in the way they in the way they work, you know, mm. and in their time frames. I'm mean, yeah. I'm really
1: interested in like that process and that journey because it might not translate over to all fields, but mm-hmm. just kind of in like human interaction, the idea of a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really valuable. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's hard for us to, like, recognize where those lines are. And mm-hmm. then even we do, like, naming them. And so was that, like, a strength that you always had? And then you had to learn how to do it in this different space? Or was there something about some of the mm-hmm. egregious ways they move in this space that, like, <laughs> provoked you towards, like, having your firm line that you could communicate proactively?
2: That's such a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, I have always been really protective of my art in a way that I haven't always been protective of myself. So I've mm-hmm. always had boundaries about like, I could let people treat me X, Y, and Z. But if it started affecting my work, that was always a, a, a good moment for me to be like, ah, ah, like that's not okay. You yeah. can't like, nothing is bigger than the project that I'm doing. Nothing mm-hmm. is bigger than like the work that I'm working on. Including yourself. Including myself, which hmm. is not, but, yeah. and then when I moved to LA, so much of myself is also part of that. I couldn't really separate. Like in Chicago, I was like, oh yeah, I work at the gym. And then I also make films like I work at a gym and I do mm-hmm. plays and I was yeah. able to have like a separation um, so much in Hollywood, like meeting people where you're just talking for them for two hours and it's like, is this a date or an interview? I don't know. This would look really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> um, and so I also had to learn to like put boundaries and I didn't know what my boundaries were until they got crossed
3: mm-hmm. every single
2: time. So mm-hmm. like I've had to be like, oh, now I won't do that <laughs> anymore yeah. or no, or now I'm not okay. With, like, not having—I mean, they could be as, as like, uh, superficial as, like, I, I need to make sure I have a hotel with a uh, kitchen, <laughs> like, when I go do certain shoots. Or it could be something as big as, like, um, you don't talk to me when I'm on set. Like, you can't come up to me, like, my reps and stuff like that. I have mm. to, like, set those yeah. boundaries because you seem to be available all the time. And I mm-hmm. think when we are making art or making our work, like, it takes a lot out of us. And then they also want you to be available to them at any given yeah. time. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore whereas i was trying to before like do mm-hmm. everything and be everything for a lot of people i've realized that i have to really not only position myself uh in a in a in a world where i can do my job well mm-hmm. um but also just prioritize the things i want to do instead of saying yes to everything
0: and we're speaking in very like vague things but i think it's useful because i think it's applied to a bunch of different things mm-hmm. the like the realization of oh i'm at a level where i can ask for what i need and or demand what I need and Mm -hmm. then say no to things, Mm -hmm. whether that's new projects or just the way things are going. I feel like it takes a while to get that around anything because you're just like happy to be in the conversation. And then you get to a next level and then there's a whole another group of people who are not used to being told no to a thing and then another group and then another Mm -hmm. group and it's it's like, I guess the internal growth then is learning how to be more comfortable and more quickly get to the point where you're asking for what you need because there's always going to be someone who's willing to just keep taking from your creativity and willing to keep taking from your person you know and it's like learning how to more quickly recognize oh this is one of those moments where I have to advocate and stand up a little bit
2: yeah and and you can get to a place where um you can see it quicker mm -hmm. like now it's like oh I like I know that I I have to have a buffer between me and certain people because I'm like oh I know you're going to be on some fuck shit yeah so like Mm -hmm. I can't even and and I've also realized that before when I was separating creative my creativity and my my personal life out here is so much more of the same, and one influences the other. So if someone's fucking with me my head emotionally, then it's going to uh, affect my work. Yeah. And so, like, all of that just seems so much more intertwined, and I'm realizing that I have to uh, take stock and care of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think the fear that a lot of us have is when we're new or we've not yet established ourselves, we have to put up with this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you think your experience would have been different if, like, there were things you did not put up with yeah. from jump?
2: Yeah, I'm sure it would have been. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That that I heard out loud, like obviously,
2: (laughs) no. But I mean, but I don't think I'd regret that time because I think I needed to go through Mm -hmm. that time so so I could um, so I could define those boundaries for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't regret um, moving to LA when I did. I don't regret like any of that. It was just like I went through growing pains for a long time, and I felt, but I felt like, well, this is part of what you want. So like, part of what you want means taking stock of like what might hinder your happiness during that time and then figuring out like how do I move that around or how do I change it or am I okay with dealing with that if I get this it's all like a little balance Mm -hmm. that I'm Mm -hmm. still like Mm -hmm. readdressing I have to check in with myself literally like every month Yeah, are you good? like are you (laughs) you, are you saying what you need to say? are you being passive aggressive? or are you being too like all that stuff I'm constantly like questioning yeah yeah look
0: look, I want to try and if you don't want to go down this road tell me we'll pull out of it I want to try like narrative building thing of the time between when brown girls comes out and now and think about like some some acts to yeah. that you you know you're you're a, a story creator so yeah let's maybe say three scenes yeah. in between now and then that feel like either a learning moment or like a pivot moment or
2: like a realization oh yeah i would say the premiere of brown girls in chicago was like just really amazing i don't think you can recreate that night um mm-hmm. it was like we Sold out, uh, AMPM, which yeah. is no longer here. MF, yeah, of. yeah. Um, AMF, I'm sorry. Uh, and then um, we like had we were trending on Twitter. It was like this crazy thing of like all the homies was around you, and like you showed your art, and we did it for so little money, and everyone showed up, and it was the same premieres happening in cities all over yeah. the world, which that was insane for me. Mm-hmm. So that's like I feel like the first chapter, right? I would say second chapter would be we have been nominated for an Emmy, like. Um, We anything. I don't know. Have you guys ever felt this? Where like you're like I had dreams and plans for my lives, and then something changes, and then you realize that like maybe you were dreaming too small, or maybe like (laughs) or now you have new dreams, or you're not sure. Like you have to like reevaluate. Like I just turned thirty in January, so I was in my late twenties when all that was happening, and I just remember being like, oh wow, everything I thought I wanted is like mute now. Like I don't need (laughs) I don't need that, and yeah, I don't know how to like situate with the fact that I'm here in this moment, so. Yeah.
0: Change your expectation. I, I was, yeah. I dreamt of being a minor league baseball player, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Not a major league baseball, that's yeah. literally true. My parents were like, dream a
2: little bigger. <laughs> well, I and I was like, I'm just going to do, I w- just wanted to do plays in Chicago for yeah. the rest of my life. Like, I wanted yeah, to be a yeah. working actor. Yeah. And I thought that, if you could say you were a working actor, like, that was success to me. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it still is, like, depending on, but then all of a sudden I was in this place, and I'm like, oh, I'm directing now, and that's crazy. And then to be at the Emmys and nominated for an Emmy when, when most of the shows that are nominated in that category are shows that are spinoffs of, like, shows on TV. Right. It was really an amazing experience. And then that night, I remember, you know, we, we were in the um, space. It was, like, me, Fati, Jamila was, and this mm-hmm. uh, person I was dating, and we lost. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette. Like, fine. It really was cool to be nominated. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not feeling weird. And he came outside with me, and he ca- he said this thing where he was like, he's like, I'm happy you lost. I wouldn't know what to do with you if you won. Mm. And this Is the second is that a show. cool thing or a weird thing? That's a so. yikes thing. That's to a yikes. Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't want to put the that's emotion That's a yikes on it, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. um,
2: but uh, I just remember. It's like, well, I'm really
0: glad you said that because I would have been really <laughs> sad if we had stayed together.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we, you know, we broke up the next day. But okay. what I remember, <laughs> yeah. what I remember is that.
1: I want to get deeper into <laughs> yeah. that, but well, let's let <laughs> we it slide. Get, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean
2: we did, and I think that. But what, it was a learning experience to me that I'm like, no, it doesn't matter how successful you get air quotes yeah like what does that mean Uh, but like someone could still like steal your joy and so now every time i think about my first emmys i'm gonna think about that moment Mm -hmm. um and i think that's in terms of expectations right like Mm uh changing and, and messing around and then i think like now i'm in this place where i'm single but like incredibly full and happy and like there's not many young black women that are working professionally as directors in hollywood yeah just period. So I feel like really beautiful, like lucky and excited that I get to be in that room. And also I know more of my worth because of the things that happened yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's like, oh, man, Sam, that night was like, oh, everything sucks. You lost your thing. You lost your boyfriend. Everything sucks. And then now Sam's here is like, I have two movies in development. I'm working. You know, I have a great place in L.A. and I yeah. have the homies with me mm-hmm. and i you know have a healthy sex life everything's great yeah. so like <laughs>
3: yeah
1: really a lesson so. I'm like you have to be careful when you break up with people where or where the breakup like mm. even if it's not in your control because you don't want to yeah. ruin the image. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you walk by, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the big theater, you're like, ah, crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah do you yeah, have places?
1: You're at the Navy Pier or something. Uh, <laughs> like,
0: oh, that,
2: well, you don't, that don't want to ruin there. something for someone else, right? So like, right. yeah, Navy Pier or a yeah, restaurant yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You're like, man, now I can never go back to a restaurant again.
0: What's the statute of limitations on that? I think this could be two different versions. There's When you're broken up with somewhere, how long does it take to go back to the place? hmm and you break up with someone. And it doesn't even have to be where you broke up, but it's like a place that was like your place. Yeah. Like a park or a restaurant or something like that.
1: Is there anywhere that like... The you, emotional statutes re- of limitation. Exactly. Yeah.
2: That you've re-entered. I'm from Chicago. I refuse to let someone tell me I can't go <laughs> Anyway, So I've never had that. Like, right, I'm like, right. it, it, that's their loss. If they, I might have like anxiety about yeah, running yeah, into them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm not gonna not show up to some place like, or this like is a, a, This is a damn good sandwich. Yeah. I'm not missing out on this sandwich because that person was yeah, a dick. Was like, <laughs> but like it's, some things like certain people... Yeah, you know, I don't know if you guys feel like with friends, like, oh, I can't hang out with those friends anymore. Yeah. I can't go to that person's house mm-hmm. yeah. anymore. I can't kick it at the party because I might run into that. Like that, I don't. I would avoid. Yeah, that's more what real. are you trying to prove, Sam, by like going to uh, this person's house that you know you're going to run into this person and yeah. to make you feel some type of way? Like, don't do that. Absolutely. But go get the sandwich. because Yeah, deserve the absolutely. Sandwich.
1: I, had to, I had to learn that lesson. <laughs> well, do you have a you have a place <laughs> in sixth grade by. My- <laughs> My girlfriend. Statue of Limitation. Yeah,
0: you, 25 but this years. Is, what's
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> and she left a note at my desk in my seated history class? And you never went to history class? Either. And I had to sit there <laughs> for the rest Sorry. of the year. Nah, that's a joke. I didn't. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think what resonates, I was being silly. What resonates more true, I think, is the, the like collective communal spaces. So mm-hmm. it's not, I was borrowing that, and maybe you have a different perspective on, but I was borrowing that like trope from um, I was watching She's Gotta Have It on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is horrible in my Such opinion. Such a horrible show. one of the most horrible things I've oh, seen.
2: Oh man, it's so, <laughs>
1: but th- oh. somebody I broke up with at like, Coney no, Island,
0: nobody's got to have it, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, ah, oh, Coney Island for real. So I was like
1: trying to
0: play with yeah. that, but what the real—some I mean, people are like yeah. that.
2: Like I'm not ever, never never yeah. stepping. But I
1: think the real truth is like the 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 like ephemeral things that we share, right? Yeah. So, like, what are the collective spaces? What are the collective relationships? Yeah. And like those are really get frayed and and need a good good five years. Is is yeah. I think I think what I'm starting to see. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he still
0: so let's go to the the third act you identified the now moment yeah um and feeling fulfilled and and at home and rooted it sounds like in great structure ways.
1: here daniel kisslinger i appreciate yeah. this.
0: Exactly. <laughs> i figured i could you know
1: putting the form to content I, I
3: love it <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love talking to people who either have moved here or are from here and have moved to other places about mm-hmm. that process of um, even beyond the work stuff, getting rooted, finding your place in another, in a new environment. Mm-hmm. What are kind of the sensory things that now when you go back to LA feel like home or feel comforting? Because mm-hmm. I think that even past the apartment being furnished and everything mm-hmm. takes a long time to develop. So like when you think of that as It home also
2: now. took me a long time to furnish my program. <laughs> <laughs> so like that is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. really like literally two months yeah. ago. Um, <laughs>
3: Your I was, like, living out the of couch. suitcases. Mm. All of I was, like,
2: in, in different cities. I was, like, this is horrible. You can't live like this. Yeah. Um, so actually, like, giving time to my space in my bedroom, uh, so making it a place, like, a destination, has actually <laughs> been amazing. Because when I'm in Chicago, I stay at VAM space. Mm-hmm. And that's such a, like, if people have been to VAM, uh, almost like an adult playhouse. Yeah. Um, but it still feels like a home. And I, and, I, and I missed that. And I was, like, oh, I have to, like, bring that back t- with me to L.A. Um, so doing that has been really helpful. But... L.A. is not—and where I'm at in L.A. is not at all, like, a real city, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I walk around a reservoir, like, and that's really beautiful. And, and it's really quiet, and you hear, like, like coyotes and animals, mm-hmm. or, like, so many. Mm-hmm. So that stuff I, like, I really like. And once I'm there, when I get home, and there's always parking because my street's really quiet and it's, like, up a hill, like, that's kind of nice. I, I've kind of begun to really enjoy the silence out there and, like, enjoy the the nature sounds, which I would never admit to, except for right now. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive. Sam <laughs> likes nature. <laughs> 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 yeah, and the ability to, like, drive to, like, Joshua Tree's, right yeah. like that. Or, and I don't drive, so, like, hit your mm, ride. Take, a, take an Uber <laughs> to Joshua <drive, laughs> Like, that stuff has been really great, but it's not the same as, like, when I get to Chicago and I... I'm on like sitting on the fire escape or on someone's porch and like just people watching and you hear like, the sounds of the city, like that. Yeah. I'm it's not the same in that way. And I don't know if it ever will be. Yeah. But I think having more of the homies out in LA now has helped like kind of ground mm. um that so that that feels like, oh I'm coming home. Like for the home feeling is like the community that I that I missed so much here. Mm-hmm. But so as people have been moving out to LA, like that helps. I'm like, oh I'm gonna see them because because they're here now.
0: Yeah. No, there's no... We talk a lot about how there's nothing better than seeing a Chicago person in another place. Like even someone <laughs> yeah. who you're not like super tight yeah. with, you're like, oh, yeah, no yeah. Yeah, yeah, Let's chop so it up. So much out. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so perfect.
1: <laughs> We've lived 12 minutes away from each other for all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> now, of the but, now, but now we're bonding. We're going to
0: yeah. take a 40-minute Uber <laughs> to see each other. <laughs> yeah. and, and so in thinking about the, the comfort or the... What, what comes with more people that you're connected with being around, you know, because... I think of Brown Girls and I just think about the the making community and just the, you know, the work of this show, the creative community here mm-hmm. being so close-knit and work being done so communally. What were the growing pains around being in another place where, one, the industry doesn't necessarily work that way, but also mm-hmm. just, even if you wanted to make things communal, like your people aren't there.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been like the heartbreak of my life. Would or you call it an year? anti-communal space? Yes. Yes. <laughs> a leading without, question. Without, without a doubt. Um, I mean, it's been really sad because I think so much of what I've been able to do is because of the people around me and being able to like pick my crew and pick um, the people I want to collaborate with. So, so much of the TV directing stuff I've done out there almost just feels like I'm going through film school. Like it doesn't feel like I'm actually like making. I might get in trouble for this. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel like I'm making anything that I truly care about. It ma- it right. makes it feel like I'm like learning technical stuff and managing the set, pretty mm-hmm. much. And in that way, like. It kind of becomes this weird day job. (laughs) Like you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm like directing, but is it like art? No, and it's not art because my people aren't there with me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I'm learning and being like, oh, how do I feel about that? It makes me feel a little bit icky. But then I'm like, if I work these jobs, then I can have time to then and money to create with my friends and like and, and watching all of them grow and us knowing that like we still do, like I still do work in direct for VAM projects so that I can consistently like keep that Mm -hmm. growth happening uh, there and VAM's growing all the time anyway. So like that's really important to me to bring my people with me. Like, I'm I'm like, yeah, I'm here to like look at the land, scope out the land for you guys so that we we can all like come Mm -hmm. up together. That's always been the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think it's slowly happening, but, you know, in LA I feel like they're, and they just don't give a fuck about your feelings. And it's right. and that's okay. But also, I'm like, you got us out here because we do something really well. And the way that we do that is actually a lot more than just this is where I point the camera. Hmm. Like, there has to be so many other things in my life, like, around me and people around me and collaborators that we can dig in and do the work. And I don't think they really understand that in TV. Hmm. I mean, I know they don't. But... Hopefully, in my features. When I get started, with my features, I get to bring more of my the homies up.
3: with Yeah,
1: that. I, I, I do want to go deeper in hearing about like the process because when you say it's not art, like I think a lot of people don't know what it means to direct, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I would like to hear some of that. But something you just said that that sparked a more like pressing curiosity. As you said, uh, y'all got us out here, and I don't think I know the story of like what was the. The mm-hmm. jump of making the move out there. So was there like space made for you, or was it kind of we we have this successful project and yeah. now I just want to like? I mean, use that momentum.
2: quite like honestly, the trailer dropped for Brown Girls and there was a lot of uh, publicity around that. And then an exec from HBO slid into my <laughs> email and was like, "Come, you guys should come out to LA and we should talk." And then when we got there, the trailer had been like gotten more press by that time. This was like early January, about a month and a half before the series premiered. People were like asking us if we had representation, and yeah, then they like, so it was all this stuff. And then they had a plan. We had a plan for taking Brown Girls out to pitch before we premiered. Like, mm-hmm. that was already mm. in the works. Um, and so I, and then I had to stay because I was like, now I don't have a job. And <laughs> I had never not had a job before. <laughs> um, and I was like, I can't get back to fucking Chicago anyway. Yeah. And so I need to start working. And so then you like, and now you're like in it. Now mm-hmm. you're in the system. Mm-hmm. That's a funny um,
0: way to move to LA is to not have, the, not be able to go back. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like this has, to, unless we got flown out to like do a speech yeah, or something yeah. like that, it was like, yeah. They got they got you. And and then and, and I say that they bring you out here because it costs money to make money out there. So mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you have reps, you have to pay these reps and you union, you have to pay union. So to be able to like work, you have to pay these people. So you have to keep working so that you can keep right, paying <laughs> paying yeah. these people. And I'm like, Oh, okay, I see what the T is. Like they don't have the that talent. And mm-hmm. so and they're right to be looking for more like diverse creators. But also, uh, it's just very interesting to me how, how much of a business it really is. Hmm. So when I say like in TV, it's not like I could block a scene and probably leave and they, they wouldn't know on, on, on certain shows. Like, certain, like I did Dear White People and that was an amazing, like super, uh, I don't know, like supportive set. But I also felt like it was the first time I was on a, on a set where I was like, oh, these are like kind of like our people. Hmm. like it was a lot of like young POC queer people in the room and on the set and just a like, young crew which doesn't normally happen like hmm. normally union sets are like old white dudes are in the crew as well and I felt like dear white people and Justin Samin and all those people really were really good about fostering a community on that that was like the, one of the first times that I was like oh this could oh you could bring the homies up with you mm-hmm. yeah. like he was able to do that with him and then the energy on set felt so much more uh, so much different but yeah. I think those are rare cases in yeah. my experience
0: To that point, of like what felt great about that beyond just who's in the room, but how Mm -hmm. it's set up, it's something we've asked other people who have uh, either produced or directed before. Are there any like tangible frameworks that you use beyond who you're bringing into the room, Mm -hmm. but about like here's how we account for power on a, Mm -hmm. you know, typically very hierarchical structure of a film set? How do you think
2: about and, you know, the way power plays out? I mean, I think that on a normal, I don't know, because mm-hmm. I feel like what is normal? They've they've like set a bound, uh, like a a set for what normal normal and I don't really think is always works, but <laughs> but those sets are ran in a way that the director doesn't normally like. The AD is the one talking all the time. The director's not allowed to talk to background actors. Um, there's very much like a chain of command. It's very like military. It's not allowed. Yeah. Oh. It's, or uh, and I'm like, and what is what is allowed? Mm, that doesn't mm, make mm, sense. Mm, it's mm. just the way that they um, they've decided to work, and they don't yeah. like to change it. Whereas I'm much more of a, I know everyone's name on my crew. I'm very much like, because it's easier for me to just be like, hey, Marco, can you move that lamp? Instead of me being like, hey, can you talk to someone in set design to do the, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, like I, I can just say this to this person. And so I think one, just acknowledging crew and cast as people is something that's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah which sounds as, amazing, like humans but I totally who are help- yeah. helpful and helping you make the thing that you're making, kindness. I know these are like weird things yeah. that like shouldn't be, um a lesson to learn on set but i think in hollywood i'm like oh you don't realize that like uh that kindness goes a long way and it's not something that's always utilized on those sets mm-hmm. and also i'm just like when i get to set my crew they are usually very representative of what we're shooting mm-hmm. and including myself so like i don't have to step on set and then have to prove myself in that way right i don't have to explain why i'm here they're like oh i trust that you are the director and the person right. that's going to like uh, move this ship. Whereas when I go on to a lot of sets in Hollywood, it's like, is this girl a background actress or she's my right. assistant or girl get Doing called girl makeup, a yeah. lot. Like yeah, mm. there's like this weird thing. Is like they they don't really know how to deal with um people that look like us in in leadership positions, mm-hmm. mm. um, especially at a young age. It's yeah, and yeah. I and they think that I'm younger than what I am. I'm like mm. I'm grown ass woman, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they get into their feelings about that because these are like guys that have been in doing these jobs for decades. Yeah, and so to um, that
0: point, what do you do when you do need to enact power, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the kindness
2: and the names. I do it based in my voice.
0: Mm, so, it's <laughs> it, it, like, even just on that level, like, the, yeah, the sound yeah, of it? Yeah. yeah,
2: I just have to, like, get louder. Um, mm. And I'm really patient. I'm never going to, like, get into a fight with someone, but I think, like, they they do. Mm-hmm. So if I can just, like, like, be very almost, like, stoic in that and, like, listen while they, like, baby out, they look like idiots.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that happens a lot. Mm. like it actually happens a lot Um, (laughs) and most I mean and and once again it's like the boundaries like I've started bringing an assistant with me on set because I was like I've had like wild experience with men yelling at me like in in front of crews or in corners of stuff and I'm like oh I can't like like you've obviously never gotten your ass kicked (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I can't be the one to kick your ass on set because that's unprofessional. But like, I also was like, oh, I need someone with me when I'm-who I'm can a... kick their ass? Well, no, not to I kick their ass, but just to be like, I can look from across the room like this person's trying me. Yeah. So even that I've had to do so that I don't-I um, mean, there's so much like coded language about me being like angry or I think women, right. and black women being angry mm-hmm. or difficult to work with. So that's even a line that I have to unfairly walk anyway Mm -hmm. so like I can never pop off the way I would love to pop off so uh, I'm just like learning how to uh, you know smoke a little weed and then chill out Mm. yeah Ashe Ashe
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't get a lot of uh, surprisingly few Ashe's said on air I
1: try to to throw them
2: in there (laughs) every like
0: three (laughs) to six episodes I feel like the off-air life contains way more Ashe's than our on-air life
1: I (laughs) want to balance that (laughs) (laughs) Um, you said earlier that like you're your initial vision of success was being a working actor, mm-hmm. and now you find yourself in this other position of power. Uh, and you usually, like, you don't see a director ever, like, tip their toe back into acting, but is that, like, something that's still in your spirit or something you still have a bug for?
2: Um, I think, I think there's a world that I, I, I can, because I miss writing, too, uh, hmm. excessively. So, I, like, I miss, like... I, Brown Girls was the first thing I directed that was not my own pro like my own work. Mm-hmm. Um and then quickly ended up being in Hollywood where I was all, all of a sudden directing a lot of other people's work. And and while sometimes that's like really a great experience, it's not what I was set out set out to do. So I think actings in writing are like things that I'm wholeheartedly wanting to get back to. Okay. Um but with writing, whereas I just like I love writing in general, acting it would have to be a specific mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not often like it wouldn't be often. And I have to probably go back to class. I feel like I, it's been like four years before I've really been able – three years since I've really acted in anything. So I'm hmm. like, are those things – are those muscles still yeah. active? I don't know. But I couldn't just – I don't think I'd be comfortable just jumping into something. It depends on the role. Hmm. Um, but yeah. I want to like I've been thinking about like, going back in the theater, but it would have to be on my own terms. I'm such mm-hmm. a control freak that I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want it. It'll be a woman show directed by me. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> um,
3: I'll,
0: I'll work the lights. I'll work. Yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do it all myself. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and also I'm kind of like anti people telling like people to stay in their, in their lane yeah. or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't know what these people's background or interests are. Um, only, all you know is whatever they've like quoted you as but I, I, I'm considered a creator so that can take a lot of different shapes you know let's
0: go back what were what were the various lanes let's say even pre-acting or pre all of this happening like what was like 15 year old Sam's lane like what were you super into
2: oh my god you know I was youth of the year of Chicago and 15 through the Boys and Girls Club
0: <laughs> can you repeat that, that uh, youth, accolade one more time youth of the year youth of the year <laughs>
1: the y-o-y
2: the y-o-y <laughs> twice you twice, were the, you twice were the two for, ready, the for Logan Square you were uh, the top
1: youth yeah top youth top youth
2: <laughs> the youths living in the streets wow um two God. youths <laughs> I felt like I was probably living two very different lives there was like a part of me that was like a really good student and super super baptist I was in church all the time mm-hmm. and, and then there was also a part of me that was like the beginning of me starting studying theater and, um, and acting and like start, I, Steppenwolf had like a teen ensemble at yeah. that time and I did that and like I was very involved in Free Street. I was like very in, involved yeah. in those places. Um, so there was like these two very different girls I think that were, that, you know, that was going on. But I wanted to act from a very long time. Like that was mm-hmm. what my focus was. And I was writing at the time too through Free Street, but I didn't put two and two together that like, yeah. oh, your writing is also just as important mm-hmm. uh, as this stuff. And like, but I was just, I think Sam... Sam at 15 wanted to go to L.A. Ah. Sam at, like, 18 through 28 was, like, Chicago mm-hmm. <laughs> forever. Mm-hmm. But, like, at 15, I thought I was going to, like, go to college in L.A. and, like, go to ho- or go to Hollywood. But then once I started studying theater, I was like, oh, stage is where I wanted to be. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I like ensemble. I like ensemble work. I like working on new projects. Um, yeah. And I had never really saw film as a as an art form. Once I started thinking of myself and like mm. as art or looking at art, what know? do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just never. I always saw film as like entertainment, and it wasn't. Hmm. Um, it wasn't. I mean, there were movies, and because we came up at a time that I think was like good for us to see ourselves, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. It never felt like it was. La- it lasted. So I was never. I was never a huge fan of like anything on TV or mm. or in movies. It wasn't until really my senior year of college, where I took this class called Story and in International Film and Fiction, um, and I saw all these like foreign films where I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like cinema can can be art, mm-hmm. and it could still be like really interesting and entertaining. There's a nice mm-hmm. like balance here, and that's when it, it like was in my head. But like it wasn't until even two years after that that I started experimenting with it. Mm-hmm. Where'd you
1: go to college? Columbia College.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> did you did you Doesn't graduate? Doesn't everyone go? Well, no, I walked though.
0: Oh, well, the that, ultimate finesse! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. i <laughs> show you. That's no. great. I only ask because we have a long, List. A long history of of people who went to Columbia. And it was not a like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did it you graduate? Like, yeah, that's yeah.
3: always the question. Like
1: <laughs> the greatest artistic Ponzi scheme <laughs> in the history, especially like to of a art start... and Ponzi because yeah,
2: they like hired all these working actors to be teachers, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I remember going through to the school, and there's so often that I wouldn't have a teacher for my class because they were on an audition or working on a play. And I'm like, this school is wild. But, like, what they did was, like, they gave you— they were like, oh, if you get cast outside of school, like, go do— they want you to yeah, to work. Yeah. And I don't think any other school was really about— I felt like Columbia was the most um, honest about what that hustle looks like. Yeah, and, yeah. You know?
0: I have to go back before— this is not the important part, but I have yeah. to go back to this Youth of the Year thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the record yeah, yeah, yeah. show.
3: yeah. Only,
0: only yeah, if we you want to share. No, let's talk about it. I love just what out. does that mean?
2: So, <laughs> did anyone else grow up in, with like, the Boys and Girls Club? Do you go to the Boys and Girls Club? Okay.
1: I mean, I was aware of them, but yeah. Nah,
2: so it's just like it's like a youth center, um, and they have this, and it, I mean it's a national uh, yeah, organization, yeah. so they would. were you the National Youth of the Year? No, but I like competed uh, for it.
0: I, I you was the the Chicago, Chicago. Rep, right, Yeah, I was a right, Chicago right. rep. There's a, there's a judge who's like, this this youth over that. Youth. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. And it was really, like, they I would, like this youth. Par- parade like black and brown kids out to be like, this is my horror story, but Ooh. I'm also an A student. Yeah. Give me money. And they would, they like fly you to DC and then also you talk to like a bunch of people. Like I remember meeting like the dailies and shit like that.
0: It's like LTAP, but without the poems. Yeah, that's. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's no talent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Been able to like finance yeah, yeah. which maybe it's more useful in the field that you've got into. Well, yeah, my proximity to like rich old white people has been uh since since I was about since 15 for the
3: year. <laughs> that, that was the beginning.
2: That was the beginning. You're like, oh, wait, am I a producer? Yeah, <laughs> am I How a film do I don't Manipulate this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it happened funny. twice. I think 15, I did it and I like ran for Chicago and then. Uh, like seventeen. I wow! Know, I guess. Well, congratulations. Back. Thank you. It's like I truly peaked before I was eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> was
0: this, this is my last yeah. boys and girls' club yeah. question. Was it? So you were in Logan Square? You said. Yeah. yeah. Was it the one on Palmer? Yeah. Yeah. Former synagogue. Just want yeah. to make that. Clear. I did not know that. Yeah, if you look yeah. over the door, it's uh oh, it's yeah. like peace, justice, and something else, and it also has it in Hebrew.
2: Man, that place, the more you know. We were gnarly there.
3: We didn't <laughs> yeah, read, read Hebrew. They were
2: like, yeah. There were like four people that ran that space. And it was every kid and every teenager in the neighborhood went there. And it was like four adults. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: <ran more laughs>
1: so y'all ran the boys Yeah, and girls. No, we
2: did. It was literally the boys yeah. and girls.
0: <laughs> this is our club. <laughs>
1: uh, I want to go back to that, to that um, theater film, like, divide or mm-hmm. dichotomy and, like, one obviously being much more like commercialized, mm-hmm. um, and other you, you named it as like a more artistic process. I like kind of grew up on the other side. I grew up on a lot of film sets, mm-hmm. um, and then have had access to theater or been a part of that process. And it just how feels, did you grow up on
2: film sets?
1: Um, just like m- modeling commercials, oh, you m- used to movie. Model? Yeah, I acted in model growing up, so okay. I did. I did a lot of like. Independent film, yeah. industry film stuff mm-hmm. was in one. We also we, we
3: need a roll release. bounce
1: sound sound clip. Do we need a roll yeah. bounce? You're
2: on roll bounce. a roll bounce.
1: Is it roll bounce? <laughs> <laughs> As
2: a silence, isn't that helpful? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was the, um, out of the, respect
1: for the. Mic. I was the, that leader of that little water balloon ambush crew. Oh
2: my god!
3: Yeah, um, I know
1: that. <laughs> and so then then I started like seeing the theater process, and it was just so grueling, yeah. and exhausting to me. Yeah, uh, they're like, I don't get how people like can do it yeah and so i just want to hear more about like how you see the two processes and like why one feel felt yeah more like artistically gratifying even though to me it feels like yeah so much more draining
2: in hindsight especially in the way that chicago runs theater it is so not i mean in any type of art form i think that like it's just not sustainable in the way that we pay artists mm-hmm. but theater for sure is not
3: sustainable
2: yeah, yeah. because of how long the work process is yeah. you know you have like four to six weeks of rehearsal and then you have like daily rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, like Monday through Friday. Yeah. Probably Saturday too, depending on what kind of play you're doing. Um, and then at least a four week run, but like three to four week run if you're at a bigger theater it'd be three months run. And a lot of time we're talking about like a stipend that's less than a thousand dollars. But what they do is they get you to fall in love with it. And so you start <laughs> thinking of it as like craftsmanship. Like I'm yeah. like, oh this is this is work and I'm going to work today and like it's a blue collar job in that way. Hmm. Um mm-hmm. And I always thought I've always said that Chicago actually has like a blue collar way of approaching its its work anyway, which is to kind of put your head down and you do the work um, with with your community, um, and so in in that way I I really fell in love with it. And It was just part of the job that it took all those took yeah, all that time, yeah. and I loved it actually because I you become like these little families, yeah, you know, um, but I also. But the same issues I had with film in terms of, like, representation and all that shit was still rampant Mm -hmm. in in theater and misogyny and all this stuff was still rampant in theater. Um, I just, like, was already, like, they had already, like, put kind of, like, the veil over my eyes about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason why I moved into film was because I was doing a play where I got asked to twerk in a slave costume. Wow. And I was, like, (sighs) I just remember being, like, well, this can't be the thing that I love anymore. I remember, like, (laughs) looking at like being at the cafe, like trying to go over my lines. Yeah, (laughs)
1: it's like all right. Yeah, this is the lie.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And I dropped out the play, and I remember there was like, and you don't do that in theater. Like you don't, like that's there's very like a big loyalty, and if you Mm -hmm. say you're gonna do a show, you have to do the show all the Mm -hmm. way through. And I, I dropped out the show uh, like the week of dress rehearsals, Um, and it broke my heart. Like, I don't think I've ever cried over anything else more like than that. And I thought I didn't, I wouldn't have a community to hold me down anymore. Um, And then to find out that I was able to recreate everything I loved about theater on my film sets Mm -hmm. was like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it doesn't, I'm not like trapped in a medium of how to be a storyteller. I can Mm -hmm. do that in a a plethora of ways. Um, So I think once I learned that I could take everything that I loved about like the rehearsal process and the. Uh, collaboration of, mm-hmm. of just like shooting ideas out with people into my film sets, I, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't miss that anymore. Yeah, um, but I still like, I still love it. Um, but I, it's just not, it was, it's just not where I'm at in the moment. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing, yeah, thousand
0: yeah, dollar
1: stipends I ain't gonna do it,
0: <laughs> especially if that's what you're being asked. Yeah. It's like
2: I can, I'm always amazed
0: at the lack of creativity of racists. Yeah, <laughs> that's just in addition to how fucked up the, that's yeah. also just terrible writing it's like yeah,
2: well it's not like so here's the thing better? I'm going to be completely honest the play was written by a black woman but it was directed by a white woman and the black woman was not in mm-hmm. in the city like they mm-hmm. commissioned the yeah, play yeah. Um, and back I remember, to the role of the director right and Christmas I remember Christmas. asking like what it was something they added to the play and I remember asking <laughs> she's
0: like let's just, let's <laughs> just slide yeah, yeah.
2: yeah the and I remember <laughs> asking like well what does this like what is this mean? like why are we doing this like and the white woman couldn't give me any like answers about that. And I was like, well, your job, one of your jobs as a director is to be able to explain to the actor mm-hmm. why we're doing what mm-hmm. we're doing, yeah. what it's supposed to feel like, like twerking with a sleigh costume with like a, another white woman being the dance coach is like wild to me in terms of like how you set like the framework of that. <laughs> yeah. So
1: not only did they ask you to ter- twerk, they they <laughs> yeah. asked a the white when woman we, to teach you how to twerk? Come on.
2: Oh. <laughs> Coming to Broadway near you. <laughs> so Yikes.
0: let's, let's, let's yeah. get out of, yeah. out of that moment. Oh. Oh, and, I and to punchline
1: is... it. Go ahead. <laughs> That that deserves a punchline. <laughs> Do you have one? I don't.
0: Yeah. I would have added it in yeah, post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think of a punchline, I'll oh, w- go back w- get uh, and edit it.
1: <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. That's icky.
2: Is Ooh. Yeah, but it learned, what? boundaries now. I didn't yeah. know I had right. to have that boundary. Now nah, you
3: have <laughs>
1: that. That's <laughs> that is a theme pretty number clear. One.
0: And it's like, that's probably not exactly where the line is, but that is definitely <laughs> over
1: <Over-locking>. the line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now we can work our way back and yeah. find what the line yeah.
0: is. So, jumping back to that second act, to or I guess the first act, to Brown Girls <laughs> coming out. First of all, as you well know, it's beautiful and fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I know that's old news by now, oh, but it's still worth you. saying, and I have no, a chance really... to tell you that. Um <laughs> thank you. And one of the things that I think I'm always interested in, and I think this happens, in, I guess it happens across all art forms, but the like establishment of a of like a, a trope or like a container of storytelling, mm-hmm. like there's like the well, it's this type of movie or it's this meets this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From the outside, it seems like in certain ways, Brown Girls kind of created a. Uh, a format or, like, a container that a lot of other people, especially in web series, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying, like, everyone's just copying your your style, but I do think there is someone like, well, this worked, and I have friends, so let me make yeah. a show where it's me and my friends hanging out. What do you think... <laughs> this is a terrible way of putting this question. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> like, does, does that ring true? And yeah. not in a, like, well, all these people biting our side, but just, like, do you feel like you created a thing that has the space for everyone else's stories to be in it? Or does it feel a little like it was perfect for y'all, but limiting
2: for other people? Oof. I know that's a tough question. Yeah, no. I feel as though. (laughs) I'm like, how did I explain this? Um, There wasn't a lot of uh, independent film happening in Chicago, before, especially in the web series space, before You're So Talented, which was my first web series. series. And that, to me, felt like the perfect timing for uh, a web series because I think people were actually watching that for content and not Mm -hmm. just to... Like make it. They're like, oh, this is not a, just a proof of concept for a show. Right. And Brown Girls was never meant to be a proof of concept for a show. It was meant to like live on its own as a web series. Me and Fatih had no plans on moving to Hollywood. We just thought we'd do another thing. I was tired of acting for a second, right. so I was like, let's do this for the summer. Cool. I love the idea that people are like, I can shoot with my friends and like and, and make a web series. Technically, that's what I mean. Me watching Joe Swanberg's movies, yeah. that's why I did it. it like mumblecore stuff. Where I was like, oh oh, this is, like, I could do this. I could put a camera down and, like, talk to the homies and write script something out, you know? Um, So actually, if that that inspires people to make their work, I'm like, yeah, like, the more of us that are experimenting in that form because we were so, like, locked out of it for so long, like, that makes me really excited. Mm -hmm. I caution people about thinking that, like, the path that Brown Girls was on is going to be what, like, your path is. And that's not, like, no shade, but I'm like, I don't think web series move like that. Uh, normally, right. And also, our process was still very, very difficult. And right. it's still very, very
0: difficult. Right, and people to, don't even see all that. They them. don't
2: see all that. They just see that we get press and that we were Emmy nominated. And I'm like, and that was an amazing experience. So I'm like, but, like, I know people who are like, oh, we have to, like, get your publicist or da-da-da. I'm like, cool. You know, you have to pay for her. <laughs> right. You have to, like, care about the product that you're making and it can't just be like your t- or I. I don't. I would caution people just making it as a ticket to get to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think you should make your work. And I'm not against anyone. Like I'm not hating on that. I think the yeah. more people do that, the better. And and then maybe you'll find something that inspires you to do that inspires someone else and all the other stuff. So I, yeah. like I think that's exciting. And mm-hmm. I think that's exciting that more people are doing it in Chicago too.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear you. I just it, it did feel like there was like a a lot of those. Just yeah. But I also have friends.
1: I, yeah, I be, wonder. Be grew up, no. I'm gonna challenge I'm a you. Be your full grumpy. You're trying to like soften it. I am because I don't want to put her in.
0: This isn't like no, a structural critique. It's yeah. just oh, a, well, like let's say your thing. <laughs> say, no, he, he has a People thing. should have to not have to. I encourage people to come up with ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much space and narrative to yeah. tell all different kinds of stories, and it can still be you and your friends. Yeah. But have you know the same way y'all were telling like very particular. You know stories in each yeah. of the episodes, and there was the overall arc, but it, you know it was episodic in that way, and each kind of stands alone a bit. There should just be a, I don't know, I I don't really know what to say. What's the what? Sure. What have I complained yeah. before?
1: <laughs> um, I, I, well, yeah. what do
0: you think? Less, yeah. less
1: than my thoughts. It's tough because I don't consume content <laughs> anymore. Just <laughs> watch the same things, listen to the same. I've become like a very as I'm like trying to figure my shit out. Like I I, can't I have, see I've not seen a lot of the stuff, uh, but just the, the the trope of like, you know we were in conversation or we would see a lot of people like, oh, it's a group of friends and they're going to like go through kind of this like representational Mid- story. And mid-twenties. Yeah. Of, yeah. of just like yeah. millennial friendship. Yeah. Living in capitalism, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lack of like particularity of narrative yeah. crafting. And it felt like a formula. I think that you were seeing. yeah, that like
2: well, I think cause people see things that work and they're like, right. Oh okay, I want to like recreate that and we're not talking about any I, show like in specific yeah, yeah, yeah no. or, but, or yeah. I don't have i or I don't know what I want to do, but I think I have that, and my thing is that, like the work that is personal and is specific will float to the top, absolutely um, and I think I think we see that that's why we know of the web series that we know of right. and why we don't know about the thousands of them that, <laughs> exactly. that are made, but like I'm not I mean, I think like maybe back. Like, right when Brown Girls kind of came out, like that year, those six months afterwards, when I was seeing things, I got a little, like felt some type of way about it, you know? But then I was like, well, what, why do you care? Like, right. your path is your path. And, right. and I do truly, like, believe that. I'm like, I kind of have goggles on, or mm-hmm. not goggles, binders on. Because this shit is too hard for me to get, give a shit about someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> no, that's a great way to think about it, yeah. But, but, but
2: kind of also, from- like the idea of having goggles yeah. on. Yeah, Just
0: in case I had to jump in a pool I look real so quick. cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think from the position of of success, Mm-hmm. i feel like we've been struggling using that word that's been mm-hmm. very quotey right but like f- we're, we're projecting that onto you yeah from being on that other side what are some of the things that I th- people invisibilize about the work process right because it feels like such an accessible attainable format mm-hmm. like oh i have a computer i can write a script yeah i can get access to a camera yeah maybe some lighting right but like what are some of the things in the same way like people don't understand like the mix and mastering of making a mixtape or yeah. like the, the, the
2: sonics. You mean on like the indie side or in the- The indie
1: side, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I think a lot of people have that desire yeah. of creating content. Yeah. And I know just for everything, there's a lot of steps of process yeah. that we miss or are, are invisible to us as consumers that then we kind of like replicate without some necessity.
2: Yeah, like you're um, missing yeah, certain yeah, steps, yeah, yeah. right? So
1: what are some steps that you think people miss a lot in terms of wanting to get started <sighs> down that path?
2: I think a, a good script. Like I, I, I And honestly, and I say that because, like, the way Fatih wrote Brown Girls, the way I was able to come on is because she wrote a great script and I was excited. to. Mm. And once mm. I had that script, I was able to, like, get the crew that I wanted on it. And same for You're So Talented. Like, I was able to write a script and get the crew on. If you're not all, like, aligned about what story you're telling or they're not all excited about what story you're telling— I find it really difficult to make work on such a small budget. Like, Hmm. film work is so expensive. And, you know, making Brown Girls on $20,000 or the first season of You're So Talented, we made on, like, (sighs) $2,500. And it looks great because everyone cared about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But no one is making their rate. No one is making, like, what they... A lot of people are being heads of departments for the first time, whereas Mm -hmm. in, like, the business, there may be assistants or, like, lower on the totem pole. So I think, like, having actual content that people care about from the jump is like what needs to be Mm. happening and other things can then fall into place Mm -hmm. Um, that and the idea that like you have to be a producer or the producer on your work and that (laughs) no one's going to care about it more than you are so just like caring about not only what's in front of the camera but like How you make the work, how like how like what's the energy that you're setting every time there's a production meeting or a rehearsal or before you call action, like what's the vibe um, that you want to put out there so that people want to keep working Mm -hmm. with you or like, you know, dive into your process and are Mm -hmm. hooked on that.
0: Yeah, I think that's really poignant what you just said, that nobody's going to care about your project as much as you do. And it's something that just personally I've really struggled with. Mm-hmm. As And it's one thing when you're making something small mm-hmm. or something that doesn't actually require that many people. But once you actually do need people's help, mm-hmm. realizing like what is a fair ask of them. Because yeah. when you're so close to it, it's tough to be able to pull back and be like, is what I'm asking of this person, whether it's their time, their energy, their expertise, a reasonable thing to ask? Yeah. How have you—and there maybe isn't an answer to this. Maybe it's just through experience. But what are some ways that you've—not even in relation to other people, just in relation Mm -hmm. to yourself, like, mediated some of that uh, frustration?
2: Just being really honest to people about my, like, what's going on and what opportunities I have. And, like, I feel like thinking about what you said about, like, the pressure of bringing your folks with you, Mm -hmm. um, for me— if, like, crew people are going to do, uh, like, a favor for me, then I feel like th- then they know that it's coming back to them or vice versa. Like, we kind of have this, like, hey, can you come out for a day and shoot this, but then I got you on this next project and stuff right. like that. Like, still being able to have that in my life, even while I'm working in Hollywood, it, I think really helps um, to not feel like I'm taking advantage of people because yeah. I'm still making sure that I'm doing work on, like, multiple different levels. Um, and then also, like... I mean, in a way, that's just like investing back in your community so that it's so much easier mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, this person has worked with me on this project, this project, and they have this work that shows, Yeah, you know. But I think that it's, like, difficult to kind of navigate your asks. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's bad to ask. Just you have to be okay with people saying no. Right. Too. Yeah. And the thing is, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm never, or not, and I'm never, but, like, in all my indie stuff, I was like, I'm never going to have the money to give you <laughs> exactly right. what you want. But, like, maybe there's a world where, like, now you have that credit mm-hmm. right. um, mm-hmm. as, like, head of wardrobe or head of, uh, uh, you know, like, league or something like that. Yeah. So that uh, you're on something that you care about and it looks good. Then it's like everyone's more invested, I think. For sure. um,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, I want to talk more about the economics of it. But I feel like this is a stupid question to start why? off with. But you're in a safe place. Then. Yeah. I yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, because I feel like the answer is obvious. I guess it feels like an obvious question. But why is it so
2: expensive? <laughs> <laughs> right and it's crazy because like theater is so cheap sometimes mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know it's cause like it's day like one we've allowed ourselves to be put into a 12 hour day situation mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's always the case in other countries yeah, <laughs> but like in- French
0: hours they work at yeah ages five six, six. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: but even in, like, a 12 hour day I'm probably gonna be on set for like 13-14 hours depending mm-hmm. on what we're shooting anyway mm-hmm. um, so that in of itself you just have to pay people for their time yeah And then, like, food and all that that Mm -hmm. shit. That's not even talking—we're not even getting to, like, what equipment costs. But then I just assume that the reason why all this shit costs so much is because they don't want us (laughs) there. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, to be honest, Mm -hmm. it's like, I think web series, why I still, like, stand for web series is that I I feel like it kind of democratizes the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Once we found out that we could, like, make short-form content and give it directly to our people, Hollywood cannot deny the success of Brown Girls. Mm -hmm. right. It's not because they saw it and they were like, oh, this is great. We really yeah. want to do a, a thing about a South Asian girl and a black girl, Friends. And yeah. they don't give a shit about that. They just couldn't hide the fact that, like, everyone else was talking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if, like, if I went the short film route or gone the films. Like, it's all those shit yeah. that's way too much money that it was not. Ac- I didn't have access to. Yeah. Or, like, opportunities. People saying, you know, oh, come PA on, like, a bigger set or come shadow me that, that those were never uh, options Yeah, and to me I think it's like a way of keeping people out of yeah. this world yeah. I yeah. think about
0: the conversation that we had with Ashley Battle last month about some of that about like you know and she's kind of doing both simultaneously like mm-hmm. she's doing a lot of the indie work and then also on whether it's commercial film sets or mm-hmm. you know big budget TV oh or film yeah. like and she's the best mm-hmm. but recognizing the way that people work their way up and the way that the whole container of the commercial side does both like structure can be prohibitive Mm -hmm. but also just in terms of budget is prohibitive Mm -hmm. and then having this other model and seeing like what can i take from here to Mm -hmm. feed that and vice versa Mm -hmm. and you know how do you then reimagine the big budget space so that it's not about how does it cost less money which is what everyone everyone on film is trying to get to but it's how do you actually take some of the vibrancy that comes with that different way of thinking about it and then that shows up on camera i think you know yeah oh before we get out of here and i want to be conscious of your time one thing as a maker that i think has happened with us even just on the audio end is that i've become somewhat obsessive about like certain technical sound things Mm -hmm. like the clicks and the just Mm -hmm. you know the like the the ac being on and yeah which is a real conundrum yeah it gets gets toasty (laughs) (laughs) for for you as a as a director what are the like visual things that to the layman or to the, the someone who isn't in that field, they might not be picking up on, but you like geek out about either in the things you're making or mm-hmm. just in interacting with other people's work.
2: Blocking like uh, a, a director that has a good sense of blocking um, both camera movement and like actor movement. Yeah. I think is really dope. So like Andrea Arnold is one of my favorite mm. uh, directors. Cause I think she does that really beautifully. Um, is
1: there any of her work that we,
2: um, American honey, I feel like it's the big one mm-hmm. uh, fish tank. Mm-hmm. Um, She directed Big Little Lie or Big Little Liars this last season, but I heard there was some fuck shit that went down with her. Yeah, she kind
0: of got she got
2: pushed off. Yeah, which is wild to me that you would hire uh, a director like that of her like taste and caliber, and then not trust what she does. I think it's really.
1: I love Big Little Lies. Yeah,
2: I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I didn't know know
1: there was controversy.
2: So now I think uh... I I think it just came out that it found out that yeah, they had like some guy, another the EP director, like reshoot things and. Edit uh, stuff. That I don't is so the tea, but that's that just things, like a regular shit. To have that
0: things that people are good at and are successful, and then put this—the classic example of that that I always think about is uh, Larry Wilmore created the Bernie Mac show and then got yeah. fired after winning awards and having great ratings after two seasons. Yeah, he made the show up. Yeah, and then you're like, no, 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 we don't need your brain that made the show to make yeah. the show.
1: I think it, the most—I think the most egregious example is Bone Yeah. Oh season, yeah. Season four of Bone Yeah. Yeah. they say it's coming back with Magruder but like that is yeah. one of the biggest that is egregious yeah like tra- tra- travesties and they don't care
2: well I, like that's ego right like yeah. I, I think that it kills me that the people who are not creative <laughs> make the decisions about who gets to like and and, and they're all shitty people yeah. so it's like it's not as if like they're just really like kind people at the top of Hollywood right, right. and they're like you deserve a chance yeah. it's like no these are like really shitty overlord, shitty yeah. shitty people <laughs> <laughs> like, that third one. Was yeah. <laughs> if you can feel that, please. Um, well, okay, so the things That's that I get really one, interested in. Yeah. Um, what really frustrates me is when I feel like people didn't think about things in front of the camera. So like whether it's like wardrobe or lighting black people, um, like stuff yeah. like that like really gets under my mm. m- under my skin because mm. there's so much lazy work.
1: Insecure gets credit with like doing that yeah, the best. Ava would you, would, would you agree that is like kind yeah. of the pinnacle of like
2: life? Yeah. And I also like, think, you know, I think Atlanta does a really good job. Yeah. And that and so that it's not just like, oh, this is just a beautiful shot of black people. Mm-hmm. It's like this is actually there's some texture. Right. There's yeah. a lot of texture there. Um yeah. and so I think like I'm not saying that we have to be like look like fucking Beyonce every time we're on (laughs) on camera. But there needs to be some thought as to how (laughs) we're... Lit right, in position in front of you know, sometimes shit. the
0: scene isn't supposed to look glamorous, but there's mm-hmm. also a way to light
2: that that yeah. feeds it. Yeah, that feels artistic, like, yeah, yeah. like or like you have made a choice, right? Um, <laughs> I don't like when people don't make choices. Uh, <laughs> like, I uh-huh. had an acting teacher that was like, If you make a bad choice, he's like, I don't care, he's like, if it's wrong, you just better be strong and wrong, yeah, with it. And I'm like, I want to be strong and wrong with my choices. Like, What's funny go. is
0: that's the attitude that all of those executives are taking,
2: <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah.
0: it works, yeah, that, and it can be a, you know, feed creativity, but it can also like you know, can create some real pickles to be yeah. sure that, like, even if I'm wrong, I'm just going to double down and stay We're, on it.
2: And the good thing about film is that you're never by yourself, right? Oh, and and now, if you're an asshole who, like, is like, I'm the director so I don't ask questions, then, yeah, you're going to be strong and wrong and then it might, like, blow yeah. up in your face. But if I'm strong and wrong with my crew, yeah. if I look at my DP and the DP's like, yeah, I think that's the right thing and I'm like, yeah, I think that's, and my EP's that way and my AD's that way, then, like, I'm stronger because of that in right. our decisions.
1: And, and we're all wrong.
2: And we're all wrong. <laughs> and at least That's then I know matter. that, yeah, that we, yeah, one is not just on me. I'm like, well, he said we're it. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, I also know that like, it's not just me on an ego trip. Mm-hmm. It's other people also agree that this is the right move. Yeah. Um, but I don't think a lot of people in those positions think of filmmaking as collaboratively as they should. Hmm.
1: Which is absurd because it it's is <laughs> it is probably the most collaborative art form. Yeah, we've seen absolutely. the credits. Yeah.
2: The oh my God, the yeah. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse yeah. credits—it's like <laughs> <It's> 144 <laughs> animators yeah, on that. It's there. crazy. Yeah, it's, love that. Movie. It's
1: interesting to me because like I, I've I've tried to um, like metaphorically take some of the because there's just like. On a traditional set, some just, like, well-oiled machine mm-hmm. nature. Like, there's a whole language. There's, like, mm-hmm. a, a pace at which everybody moves mm-hmm. uh, that feels, like, set in that trying to, like, figure out how do we use other forms of human organization that, yeah. like, can master the way that a film set when done well yeah. is, 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 you know. So you've done some of that in organizing work, right? Yeah. So the idea of, like, you know, I think there's an executive director Often in a space mm-hmm. uh, or a lead, mm-hmm. and then everybody else, <laughs> right? Who gets yeah. who gets assigned things? Yeah, and so the the trying to bring in the language of like direction, production, and action, mm-hmm. um, and those being separate interconnected processes yeah. and like centering the process instead of the position, right? So yeah. multiple people collaborating in direction. Exactly. Collaborating in production. Yeah. That feeding into the action which then like evaluates the direction. Yeah. And like people knowing where they fit in and can go into different hats. Yeah. Uh but yeah, trying to like bring some of that language over because yeah. I was just sitting, I think it was it might no, I don't remember when it was, but I was on some set and it was just like, man, this shit is working really well.
2: Yeah. Like was it ran about, by a woman? <sighs>
1: Don't answer that question. I can't can't answer that question. I don't remember where I was. was, I do
2: find that women are more... Oh, I, I and just like, in life, and it's like not well. Yes, yes, <laughs> but it's not often that I'm on. Like I'm about to do a show. Actually, tomorrow I start prep on it. Where I got to the set to visit the set, and it's like a uh, DP's the wo- a woman, mm-hmm. EP's woman, showrunners a woman, so much of crews like are, are women. And I'm like, oh man, this is why you don't hear like people yelling on set. Yeah. Everyone's huffing and puffing. That, yeah. There's like good energy just by that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't talking about what the content is, but it just makes your job. Yeah. It's already a long day. There's a th- like
1: <laughs> there's a theory about this, like an evolutionary theory. I think it was a a queer French thinker. He like recently wrote a book that people are really fucking with. It might mm. be called Homo Sapiens. Mm. I'm not sure. Let me know that. Uh, but basically, one of the, um, kind of in like, him uh addressing some like of the sexual divergence in human performance, right? And so mm. like the attributes that we you know place on on the male and female body and like mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. personality that comes out of that is that. Historically, like going back to primates, so I guess that's prehistoricly. <laughs> uh, <all> <laughs> f- females are much better on the whole at like engaging in relationship and care. Mm-hmm. So when it is a group that everybody knows each other, mm-hmm. uh, feminine leadership has been better. Yeah, what men or masculine or or male yeah. bodies have often like been more suited for is like leadership when it's impersonal
3: yeah right so yeah. when I'm
1: leading masses or hundreds of people I don't know everybody's name but yeah. I'm like a figurehead masculinity or or, or yeah male, but, like fits into that but when it's like we have a village we have a crew yeah we have a team um
2: it should be Grandma it should be women I, I, yeah I <laughs> <laughs> well I just and I also don't like what so in what world director, do you want to be I mean, I don't know. I guess I just don't want to be, like, on top of a throne, like, looking down at right. people. Like, I want to be able to, like, be in the trenches. I'm very I'm very active on set. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really sit down much. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be able to, like, talk to the AC and, like, be on on their shoulders right. like yeah. and like that. And I want it to feel like a family so that they feel safe to say, hey, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when she walks over there, yeah. she's kind of out of frame a little bit. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, great. Thank you so much for, you know. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think that as a sign, take that as a sign of weakness. Yeah. And I think, I don't know how communicating well could mm-hmm. be a weakness.
3: You know, yeah. trait,
2: you know well
0: some of it is you know uh, we talk, we've we talked about this on the show a bunch too like guys just don't have a lot of examples of what a leader can look like right so mm-hmm. it's like the president a coach or <laughs> yeah. a milit- or General or, Patton yeah, it's right. like yeah. those are your examples yeah. like yeah. asshole CEO yeah it's know? like they're all yelling there just is no ex- exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, is he's it? played all those roles <laughs> Have you seen and like yeah to that point like the him and Glengarry Glen Ross is like that is the prototypical yeah. male leader. There are very few other examples yeah. to, to pull on because you don't engage with it. But I wanted to ask one more technical question based yeah. on what you said. So if you're on your feet most of the time, yeah. you're not sitting. What's your like onset shoe? Oh. how do you keep from your feet just like falling off by the end of the day
2: oh yeah I'm still like learning that but I'm, I'm wearing these like pumas that are like moon boots pretty much because mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they're comfy and I feel like they have squishy but I think I'm gonna to get some new new shoes mm. like I read an article that Ava Deverney said to change her socks after lunch oh yeah and, I, and so I've been doing Good that um, and it does help you feel a little new yeah, a little yeah. fresh that's a,
0: that's a great yeah. piece of advice
1: here's, here's my piece of advice try if you can to always buy new socks for vacation yeah. Why? This is also <laughs> Nick, Nick Cannon adjacent. <laughs> so back That's back, all in, good like, back in like the early two thousands, like they they always had these like fake behind the scenes shows on MTV and VH. Yeah. So it was one of those like Nick Cannon's on tour thing. It yeah. was like it might have been Cribs, it might have been something, but he was like traveling somewhere. And he was like talking about his used socks and drawers. He was like, you damn near bogus. If you like travel it, you still got your... So he's like, I get new... And so it's like, he was like kind of on some rich shit. Like, yeah. I always buy new socks and drawers. And it's like, okay, you can't do that like every yeah. time you're moving. But then it was like, I started packing and like, it probably started from I didn't want to do laundry. Yeah. It's the yeah. real... And and I was like, no, I am
2: like, now that I get and it. it's like,
1: it. oh, yeah. we buy new socks. But then I, I've done it a couple of times. And like the feeling of putting on new socks where I'm like, yeah. on adventure.
2: I like yeah. it too because it's already packaged. It's packaged. Yeah. Like it's going to fit in fair. my suitcase so well. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, That's why when we've, we took this from Sav actually, when we tour with the show, we're just doing like workshops usually, <laughs> but we send them a rider inside the <laughs> what all that. You should. On yeah. the rider, two packs of plain white t shirts, and we got to work some socks into there. That seems yeah. like a If you can just be a massive. Have they socks. been
2: giving you guys shirts? We've, oh, we got
1: shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. V neck, crew neck. The whole game, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I need to do that. You yeah. gotta get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gotta be more like brolic with shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe not brolic but like I just like I, I, I need that. I'm doing some mm-hmm. traveling on shows, and I'm like, I want. It yeah. Oh yeah, no yeah. spare. Because no. when you're good at what you do, like you can. Do yeah. that. If spare. you're a kind person and you're good at it, spare none of their expenses <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, like I said, an embarrassment of, of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have one last big, and then question we'll get out. Yeah. I think we can get out of here.
1: And my attempt is to sum up everything we've talked about. In
2: this Ooh, bold. Oh, both
1: So shit. I may fail. Okay. <laughs> Strong but wrong, Dave. <laughs> Strong, Strong but, but, but wrong. wrong. So strongly, I would go in here. So, you know, wh- what I, I felt like a big theme of this conversation is you've, like, developed a practice and a body of work centered in community. And you, like, transferred that experience to an explicitly anti-communal space. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, trying to find the balance of that.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and, like, one of the things, like, especially when we start talking about the economics, one of the things I realized about, like, high technical creation, so especially film, Mm -hmm. I think of, like, music and audio things Mm -hmm. where, like, there's a lot of equipment that needs to be shared. Yeah. um, Is unless you have access to institutional capital, you need to have the relationships where you're not working at market rate, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you have to pay things at market rate, it is not sustainable for a regular person. And so that requires a certain type of relationship back to the community. Yeah. Before you get to the set, what are some of the tenets of those relationships that allow folks to be able to like exchange their talents and be able to perform in this like non-market driven way? Does that make sense?
0: Beyond just people loving it and being
1: Yeah, right? So so before you got on the set of Brown Girls, before you made any of your your web series, before you had community, you had relationships Mm -hmm. that then were able to translate into being able to share your talents and resources. Right. What are at the core... Of like those, what?
2: A, what of what, those relationships? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the core of you <laughs> no, I'm like I, do I look dumb you know, no no guessing. no it was I, it was admittedly a
1: very big question and a oh, big swing let so me just you make sure can, I the I feel like you, you you hear me and can maybe some make it I'm more succinct
0: I'm just tripping off the fact that you were thinking about how he was thinking about you <laughs> when he was asking the question and I was definitely like, thinking about dumb? me yeah, no,
1: he wasn't thinking about you at all
0: I feel dumb
1: to try to say all this
0: the, the question I think and correct me if I'm wrong is what's the baseline of those relationships that exist already or, or how do you think about collaborative relationships that enable them to be successful when they step into the creative space outside of the creative work?
1: And I think the, the line yeah. of the like, world's the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the trust is because yeah. you said I can't pay you.
2: But we. Fell. how did, you get, to, like, <laughs> you, how did you
1: get to the point of the trust of someone yeah. saying, you know, this is my homie?
2: Yeah. Time. I don't ask a lot of people if I don't know them or if they don't want to like meet me halfway. Like, anyways. And and so, to be able to get that, I guess it's like time and trust, right? Mm-hmm. They know I'm not going to waste their time. They know I'm not going to... Um, or that we're going to figure it out together. And I think people just still love doing the thing out yeah. here. Mm-hmm. That they're like, if this person is not going to, like, fuck me over, and I know they're not going to, like, try to scam me in any way, and I love the script, that is why I think people show up and have shown up for me, mm-hmm. is because, like... Because there's a lot of love, too, yeah. there. And so... You can't fake that. Like, that means that, like, you're so talented for the $2,500 thing. I spent hours with my DP just like drinking beer and going through so many movies, beer figuring out. Is the yeah, PBR <laughs> works for sure. And, and because of that, then he sh- kept showing up. Right. Because of that, the first day of set, we had like a grip truck right outside my house and i was like how were you able to do that and he was like oh i got the homies to come up Be- but because we had put that time into mm-hmm. our relationship mm-hmm. yeah. to um really want to show up and show out for each other
0: so it's love and transparency yeah is what i keep hearing for you it's like so that everyone knows what you're working with everyone knows what you're working towards knows the limitations yeah and you're so not, much yeah. of
2: the stuff that happens out there is like i say yes to projects not knowing who these creators are Hmm. not knowing like what gets them going not knowing like anything about like how how are they going to act when shit hits the fan at hour yeah. 13 and we're over budgeted yeah. i have no idea every single person i've worked with on with my indie stuff i know exactly how they'll deal with uh craziness hmm. um because we've gone through it, because we got kicked out of locations together yeah. because we've hung out and broke bread and like all that stuff i know that like i know them and i trust them um, around my work whereas like out there it's like you really are just shooting in the dark and I think that, that's why there's so many movies that are not great it's because I don't think a lot of collaboration is great but doesn't mean everyone's supposed to collaborate with each other mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you have to have time to like find who are these people that you want to work and cultivate Right. Um, not only a relationship with them but like a, an actual like baby that you're gonna right. make and all these people shouldn't be fucking you know what I'm saying yeah like,
0: exactly <laughs> collaboration doesn't just mean two people
2: making a thing together yeah
0: Yeah.
1: what an important phrase Two people just shouldn't be fucking. <laughs> all these people, no, all these people should be fucking. All these people yeah. should be fucking. That is true in so many <laughs> yeah. contexts. <Every> <laughs> all these people should be fucking. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm glad we got that. <laughs> all right, let's check out real quick. Um, check out is just uh, an idea or a theme or something we talked about that's sticking with you, or just like in a couple words how you're feeling right yeah. now. Um, um, and we can give you a second to think yeah. about it. What do you got, Dame?
1: Definitely, definitely thinking about slave twerking. And I'm really disappointed that I didn't, that needed a harder punch. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> it Both yeah. the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. We have to get something out of that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You know that. And then I think, you know, my checkout is kind of what I was attempting to, to get with at that last question of like, you know, how do we. Transfer these communal practices and like anti-communal spaces Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and like what is needed in terms of like basically resource sharing cooperative economics, whether that's like our human energy or access to to technology and material Mm -hmm. um, to reduce the cost. Because I don't think it's it's I don't think the costs are set on needs. I think they are intentional barriers to entry. Yeah. In terms of, you know, creative space.
0: Because it's a waste. as Ashley said, like this is one of the most wasteful industries in mm-hmm. the world. Like yeah. you, how much food gets thrown away, yeah. how much plastic is wrapped on things, yeah. and how much like time is wasted and how yeah. many sets don't need that four trail. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah, I think that's a that's a good way. It's not how do we make this the cheapest it can be. It's what do we actually need. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, and then you can put your money like in a smart way. Well, you can right. use mm-hmm. it intelligently. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Know, yeah.
0: Um, I think mine is – we got into some of this, but it's all the the invisible parts of creating that aren't seen publicly, right? So mm-hmm. it's why I asked that kind of three act is because, you know, there's all the press that's happened that mm-hmm. both you and Fati have done since then. But it's also just been time that it's not like you guys stopped doing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it takes it, – I could tell that there was so many things going around, but they weren't like – for the most part, like here, everyone look at this. Yeah. And I think sometimes people lose sight of that part of creating, especially when you're trying to do something you've never done before. Yeah. It's like, you just need the time to like go into the, into the lab or the studio or whatever and Mm -hmm. make a bunch of stuff or just go through the process of making and not feel like everything has to be seen at every step of the way. So it was, it was good to hear kind of what some of that process has been like, Um, not just the creative process, but the like, person and uh career process stuff yeah that's mine how about you
2: i mean i think kind of based off that is thinking about like growth both creatively and and like spiritually and personally because i feel so like even talking about that even talking about the boys and girls club and all this stuff like oh god you are almost like light years away from that girl Mm -hmm. and then also like but not that far off there's still part of you that like once to be like the, the do gooder and wants to, people to like like her and and
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know uh, but also that like I've that girl is so much like stronger now because I've been able to go through the shitty stuff that like makes me learn how what my boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Um, that girl didn't have boundaries like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this woman does. Um, and just talking about that, I think, and just be more cognizant of that in community and realizing how much of me being in LA isn't even about me being in LA. It's about <laughs> what the circle of people that I'm, like, curating around me. Like, L.A. could be any place. It's right. just, like, it's not Chicago. I know mm-hmm. that.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's the place where people have gone, you Yeah,
2: know. have gone. And, like, I, I think when people ask, well, how does it feel like to live in L.A.? I'm like, I, I don't. I, I know what it's like to, like, live close to Fati and, right. and see, like, the homies and stuff like that. But, like, L.A. is just
0: right. a thing. It's like the three people who made films from every high school move there. Yeah. or you know, I'm, And yeah, not I, to say,
2: also, obviously, people... Are like, born and raised in L.A. I'm not yeah. talking about... Y'all know I'm talking about Hollywood. I'm not talking about you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to, like, negate the fact that that's a real-ass
0: place but for other people. I heard someone describe it as, like, the three prettiest people from every high school in America. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that's kind of... And then there's all the other people as well, yeah. but, like, that's kind of... And then... Or it's, like, the three people who made little weird movies with their friends from every high school in America. Yeah. And the three people who did that. Yeah. yeah. That's part of what's... That's at least the promise of it.
2: Yeah, whether... But I think people... Um, I just think that if you did not grow up in that world that is probably more of a like a shock being in there than people let on hmm. like i was like oh wow y'all have been talking about hollywood for my entire life y'all ain't tell me this shit. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you
2: know and so when you find people even if they're not from chicago but people from like regular cities <laughs> <not all laughs> like, there's like this are you cool
3: oh god yeah. oh god, <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. i've been You're talking a to reptile person.
0: people for 15 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah i got, like
2: another oh, like, human are you a human and like yeah. finding that connection which only translates i think to better work and mm. like yeah, being a better artist. Anyway. Yeah, I
1: was out there a couple of weeks ago and somebody was like acting super obnoxious about like their work and stuff. Yeah. I was like, if only there was a word for this, They're acting oh, they're acting Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, it's happening in yeah. my face right now. That's what this that is. This is so uncomfortable. I can't believe this. But you don't know, personally. like you don't know
2: when you're going through because <laughs> yeah. like, this can't really be right. the way people... It's like, they no, this is, yeah. Yeah. this is
1: place-based. Yeah,
2: this we is place-based. Yeah. We are in Hollywood yeah. and they're acting
3: Hollywood. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So you've grown from the youth of the year to, <laughs> to the Sam of the year. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
1: a good old soy.
0: That's wise. Yes. <laughs> Where can I? Uh, well, before I say, is there anything that you want to make sure gets added to the record? Anything that you feel like we jumped over? Anything you want to throw in there?
2: No, I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah, no, guys. this has been a blast. Thank I you. I'm about to go to the airport after this. Oh, so this is such a nice way to end my yeah, little Chicago a little, trip. Little re- reflection.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where can folks find you or your work in the ways you want to be found? my Tinder it, no
3: <laughs> that's the work
2: us uh, it in the work I'm good with jobs on me like what a great answer oh. we've asked that question
1: at least 150 times oh my god no. and you won
0: you're gonna get like a someone on Tinder being like fam let's build and you're like yeah. no
2: <laughs> do not hit me with work I have no new fr- I and no need for new friends has that ever happened to you that someone yes oh my god came? I'll tell you when we get off about a gig that I'm <laughs> I mean, to you, don't do have to right talk, you don't have to
0: talk about Michael B. Jordan like
2: that. <laughs> I wish that was, could yeah. you imagine? Um, but no, I've had people slide into my DMs or and, uh, Tinder and be like, uh, look, should we, can we work together? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm obviously here looking for a dick. <laughs> can we dick together? Yeah, can now we dick together? I don't want to talk about work. <laughs> um, but no, my Instagram <laughs> is uh, samb.chi. Um Hit up VAM. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm still uh, very much part of that. Uh, production company I love them yep. very much um, we're in early talks of uh, production on damaged goods so that's oh, good cool. the second season yep. Dear White People drops August 2nd my, I think I'm episode 7 check very it cool. I'm like, yeah. it's actually the most it's the thing I'm the most proud of I've directed mm. that wasn't my own work Dope. out yeah. there so. cool we're at Ergo
0: Radio uh,
1: Damon underscore AF
0: Ergo Kiss and uh, we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of our city and world for the more equitable and creative
1: much love to the people
0: peace <laughs> Hey, Dame.
1: What's up, Kiss? I want you to meet my friend Miriam here. Hey, Miriam. Nice to meet you.
0: Nice to meet you too. Miriam is my oldest friend in the world. The whole world. And she is a devoted podcast listener. Are you? I am.
1: Oh, well, that's love.
0: I don't even just, I don't mean our podcast. I just mean podcasts in general. Okay. I love
2: podcasts.
0: How, how do you usually find your podcasts? What do you listen to them
2: on? <sighs> the iTunes mm. app. Yeah, I know.
0: Very basic. You're not thrilled with it? <sighs> it isn't the best. Well, the good news is we actually have a recommendation for you. Oh, yeah? Well, Ergo is sponsored by Overcast. It's an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down.
1: Man, it's for the people. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it free in the App Store where you get all the other things. Yeah you going to well, check it out?
2: Sounds amazing. Cool.
1: We won you over. Look how effective this ad is. <sighs>
2: yeah. Hey,
3: wait,
1: pay us more money, folks. That's, that's advertising in action. You see? <laughs> Works. See, that's how good we are at selling. We're things. doing this. Hey, yo, Harold, hit me up, man. I am an advocate and I can market your stuff because look how great we just marketed Overcast.
0: We just gave an ad for them and an ad for us. I think it's time to get the fuck out of here.
1: Let's do it.